Huddle Around as Climbing the Pocket Network presents Jason and the Boys talking everything Minnesota Vikings. Well, we are back. We're still working through these technical difficulties. Uh, I guess I'm just going to be here talking to Dave and filibustering while he gets everyone back in here. This is take two, post-draft show. We're going to have some uh, draft analysis, way early draft grades. This will now be like the third time we've tried to get Nick to share his draft grades. We'll now hope that like the system doesn't break again <laughs> while we go through it. Um, yes, we're going to talk about uh, Justin Jefferson. We're going to talk about Kirk Cousins. We're going to talk about Kellen Mond. We're going to talk about all the things that people want us to talk about. We're going to talk about how much Miles loves that the Vikings always draft running backs and linebackers in the mid rounds of every draft when all of his favorite wide receiver prospects are still available. We're going to talk about all these things. And like, we're almost there. We're almost ready to get started. David has got one more person to bring back in here. And then we're going to hop to it. That's Nick. That's not Miles. <laughs> Double the Nick. There's Miles. And I think we can get started. We can get going. Miles, can you hear me? Oh, what up? What up? What up? Boom. We can hear Miles. Everyone is here. Can I get a sound check flip? Damn, Dave's got me so zoomed in. Let's do the thing. We got a sound check. Last but not least, Nick, my man, how we doing? I'm good, man. Boom. Everyone is here. Our names are back where they belong. Dave fixing us in real time on the air. Well, why do I feel why do I feel so disproportionate compared to everybody else? I feel like I'm so so much more zoomed in than everybody else. Hey, 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 but we can hear Good you. Question. Dave will work that out there as we go. go. Here we go. We're, there we're go. good. I'll just we're I'll in. I'll we're good. And <laughs> move, move back in your combat hoodie, Miles. Move moving on back. All right. Well, those are the intros. That's it. We're gonna jump right into the show. Because you know, the streets have been clamoring for this one. People want to hear which y'all have to say about what the Vikings did in this draft. And uh, we're just going to jump right on into it. No, no, not again, Seth. We are back. No, we're good, Seth. We're, we're good, man. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. We're here. We're good. Stick with us. What up, Jake? Jake is back. Jake is a fan again. He must not have any startup drafts today. So we're glad we got Jake in the house with us. Nick, talk to me, dog. How you feeling? You've had a bit of time. You know, the the hype of draft weekend has died down. Everyone has been able to get some sleep. Talk to me about the Vikings draft. How do you feel about it? Did they address all the things you wanted them to? And are you feeling good, better? What are the thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's May, so hope springs eternal. I'm impressed by all y'all showing up. It's like May after the draft, kind of dead season for the NFL, and yet everybody's still out here ravenous for more Vikings content. But yeah, I thought the draft was really great. Um, they fixed the offensive line, like how long we've been clamoring for them to do that. I mean, probably shouldn't count chickens too early, but I mean, they added Darisau, who's a day one starting left tackle, and they added Wyatt Davis in the third round. So, you know, they were two glaring starters. They cut Riley Reef. We, we all thought, like, what the hell are they doing? They cut, you know, our second-best lineman last year. And I think they got somebody who can step in and really be a day-one upgrade from Reef. And then I thought Wyatt Davis was a fantastic addition in the third round. He should immediately slot in. And, you know, and they even have some depth now. I think Rashad Hill is a good backup swing tackle. I think Mason Cole 
uh, has the ability to to come in and play at a you know maybe not a starting quality level, but like he's a he's an upgrade over Dozier, I think, as a backup. So I really like the way they address the offensive line. That should mean big things for Dalvin Cook next year. It should mean big things for Kirk Cousins next year because he's not a mobile quarterback. So um, we know that he is more reliant on having a clean pocket than guys like Russell Wilson or um, Deshaun Watson or whoever. So uh, I'm excited about that. I still have questions about the, who's going to start opposite Daniel Hunter. It's looking pretty barren right now. Um, you know, there's some reason. I know the team is high on um, who was the fourth rounder last year and blanking on his name. DJ right Wanham. Uh, yeah, I know the team is high on Wanham, but uh, he, <laughs> he was not a good, he was not good as a rookie. Um, so he'd have to take a pretty substantial leap. Like, look, Daniel Hunter, it took Hunter three years before he was a starter in the NFL. So, uh, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not super high on Wanham. I don't think Weatherly is a starting caliber guy. Patrick Jones, I think, is interesting and farther along than, like, Janarius Robinson, who's pretty raw, but, like, he's still a rookie. So, I mean, it's an interesting cast of characters, and we'll see. Maybe they'll just all rotate in. But um, that's the really the only part of the roster I have questions on. I think every other spot of the roster I think is pretty set. I think the Vikings roster looks very complete on paper. I'm a little worried about their, their depth. What happens if when guys get injured, as we saw last year, it's going to happen. So, you know, if Adam Thielen goes down, I don't really want to rely on Ola BC Johnson. If Daniil Hunter goes down, you know, we just went through all the, all the misfits who would be slotting in there. So, um, but you know, you look you look at the health roster of healthy. I think they have above average starters pretty much everywhere except along the offensive line and that other that other defensive end spot and maybe the other safety spot opposite Harrison Smith. But everywhere else, you know, you got Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Harrison Smith, Daniil Hunter. I mean, the list goes on. This is a good roster, so I'm feeling pretty good about our chances next year. All right. Well, I'm glad you got to get all that positivity out of your system. I wanted you to start off on a good note because the Vikings started it in the draft. And then, you know, our man, Justin Jefferson, he kind of continued with a narrative that got started where, you know, Vikings Twitter, basically we're moving on from Kirk Cousins. You know, we tried to move up for Justin Fields, couldn't get him, brought in a quarterback who, uh, as RG3 said, is all of the things Kirk Cousins is not. Then we got Justin (laughs) Jefferson doing interviews, talking about Kirk not having any swag and the Vikings looking at life after Kirk and him being cool with it. Nick, do we have a QB controversy? And like, how are you recovering from this when like Justin Jefferson, one of your favorite (laughs) players, is out here dogging the man that you have been the personal Uh, defender for for the last two years? Yeah, my two dads are fighting. I don't know. Um, it's uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is not your dad, Nick. Come on, have some confidence. <laughs> oh man, I, I, you know, I, I, I saw that what Jeff, I saw Jefferson's interview, and I, I thought like, yeah, he's just speaking truth. I, I like that he's not being filtered right now. I like that he's not saying anything that anyone disagrees with. Like, yeah, we all know Kirk Cousins isn't mobile. Uh, it's no different when I say it than it is when Jefferson says it, except, you know, he's he's his wide. But, you know, he's, he's played with Joe Burrow, too. So, you know, comparing the two, obviously, Joe Burrow's a little more mobile, a little younger, a little more athletic. He said that he praised them both for their accuracy, um, you know, and he said, like, Burrow is like more willing to stand in there and take a shot or something, which is like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like Cousins has taken plenty of shots his time in Minnesota after circling through all the offensive lines. But, you know, like I, I didn't think. um I didn't think there was anything there that was like, oh man, he he hates Kirk Cousins. And like Joe Burrow has more swag than Kirk Cousins. Well, like 
duh. Like Kirk is the Kirk has the least cool. He's like the least cool quarterback in the NFL. So um, none of that, none of that is false. I thought the most interesting part was him talking about like trading up for fields. Like, yeah, we well, have to think about a future after cousins, which is like, okay. I mean, yeah, that's true, but he's not like Aaron Rodgers. You know, he's not like on the twilight of his career. He's what 32, I think. So I don't know. It's, it was, that was an interesting comment. Um, but you know, it's true. Like you get a chance to trade up for Justin Fields, you know, you, you, you get a chance to draft Kellen Mond two kind of really athletic, high upside quarterbacks with a lot of arm talent and a lot of leg talent too. Um, I feel like, um, yeah, you know, you do have to start thinking about like, do we, do we extend Kirk Cousins a third time? Are we going to re-roll the dice with Cousins as, you know, $40 million a year or whatever, or are we going to, we going to, chart a new path. And I feel like um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Sounds like the Wilfs were, had their, had their hands on the, on the, on the, you know, put their fingers on the scale a little bit there in the draft room. But, you know, it's, it also sounds like they're not, you know, they're not totally done with Kirk Cousins. It's not like they're, they're through with him the same way that like the bears were with Mitch Trubisky this time a few months ago. Like it's, you know, they, they like Kirk Cousins. Um, They were interested in Justin Fields, but they weren't willing to pay the farm to get up to get him. Um, and there, you know, Ben Gessling reported at the Star Tribune that like, you know, there are folks that really like Kellen Mond too. So they, they, they wanted some quarterback options. There's a reason they didn't re-sign Sean Mannion all off season. Um, and Spielman said in, in his, pre- in his post-draft presser, like there's no QB controversy, like Kirk's our starter this year. We're interested in what Mond can do down the road, but like for now, you know, Cousins is our guy. And I, I feel like that's the right approach, you know, take it year by year. If Cousins, you know, he's a, he's always been a bit of a streaky starter. Um, if he can live up to the hype, he has his offensive line. He has elite weapons all around him. Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, everybody. Um, you know, you can, you can question the depth, but like Irv Smith too, you know, that's like a pretty good supporting cast right there, especially if these rookies step in and play as well as we hope they will. So, uh, you know, we're kind of out of excuses here. And if Kirk goes out and plays like a all-pro quarterback, great. You know, that's a good problem to have, to have to pay him. And if he doesn't, like, you know, I'm glad we're gonna all going to be looking back here being like, I'm, we're glad we decided to flip the formula and draft a quarterback this year. So um, I like it. You know, I'm not I'm not upset with Justin Jefferson. I feel like he's just being honest. And I like when I like it when athletes are uncharacteristically honest rather than giving the, the robotic answer. So I thought it was cool. All right. Flip. A lot of stuff for you to comment on here. A lot of things for you to get into. I know you're not super big on like draft grades. You don't really care that much about the players that they take. Uh, but so talk to me about the process that you saw the Vikings employ when they went through the draft, um, how they maneuvered things in the draft, and just kind of how you felt about it when it was all said and done, about kind of the positions they targeted and what that tells you about like the long-term future for the team or what they're thinking about their future, rather. Yeah, I don't think there's much to gripe at when it comes to draft process for Rick Spielman. I mean – the the conviction to wait on day two and not make a single second round pick, not waste any picks in order to trade up and then still get, you know, what seems like the four players that they coveted in the third round was extremely good process. Day three, um, you know, you can you can gripe about the running back they took or, you know, the tight end or punter nobody's sure just a positionist player it almost seems like there that they you can gripe about it but when you have picks near the top of day three and you're not in the seventh round you might as well throw your darts hard is is what I like to call it 
And then at the top of the draft, it's just supreme process for them to land Darisaw uh, after the trade down. Look, the Vikings, and I've said this before, the Vikings started free agency knowing they had to fix offensive tackle. They didn't have Riley Reef. They didn't have Rashad Hill. They they chased Joe Thune. They chased the top tier tackle free agents, and they failed. And at that point, every single Vikings fan would have told you the Vikings are having a terrible offseason so far. You get to the draft. They chased Rashawn Slater. People want to focus on the trade-up for Justin Fields. We have those rumors. But there were also rumors that they wanted to trade up for an offensive tackle. So they knew. They, I mean, they had, they had gone months knowing that they had to address offensive tackle. They were at 14. Christian Darisol was there. So just the balls that it takes to bet basically your entire offseason on a trade down, not only get the tackle that you had to have this year, but also those two third round picks that turn in to uh, to Kellen Mond. And um, I, I can't remember exactly who the other third round pick was Wyatt taken Davis. on. But, and, and Wyatt Davis. I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. Just the balls. To pull that off, it is literally perfect process. Do we so Miles, from your perspective, Wyatt Davis, it's a name that's been thrown around a lot by a lot of people as being a big part of the reason the Vikings did as well in the draft as they did. And so I'm curious a little bit about that one. Are we as excited about Wyatt Davis if he wasn't a player who, for whatever reason, in preseason was mocked in the first round to the Vikings in like every mock draft? Um, is, is that maybe skewing our perception of what Wyatt Davis is as a player? Because the entire league passed on him a couple of times before we got him. And, you know, PFF has done some work on this thing that like the wisdom of the crowd and that if, if a player is falling, it's probably not as big of a steal as you think it is because like the entire league has made a decision multiple times. So I'm just curious, like a lot of us now have kind of gone through, like they addressed the offensive line. Like no one can say they haven't, they've been addressing the offensive line, but is it maybe a bit pre uh, premature for us to say like the offensive line is set, like we're good to go. They got a couple of rookies plugging in. They got some other young players there. And like the offensive line is going to be just good to go as we look at, look forward. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know before the draft, you had said that it was really not fair maybe to, to put those expectations on a, on a rookie coming in to play at the level that like Riley Reef even played last season. So I guess, what are your thoughts on the Vikings offensive line with them making some more moves and us being excited about the players? Like, are they good now or are you maybe still a little bit shaky about things? I mean, I'll always be shaky until I see it just because this Vikings offensive line hasn't been good for years. Um, I, I do think the process this, this time around, at least in the draft, I won't say in free agency and those things, but in, in the draft was better. I think Rick's, uh, uh, Mike Zimmer go, coming out and saying we want to get bigger on the offensive line rather than focusing on the smaller, lighter, quicker guys. Uh, I think that, that says a lot to where they've their approach has been. And, and for me, it gives me a little bit more confidence that a guy like Wyatt Davis could come in and be a, a day one contributor because he's not you're not worried about that functional strength the same way you would be like a Garrett Bradbury, for example, or um, some of the other smaller offensive interior offensive linemen they've, they've uh, targeted. Um, so that's one thing with Wyatt Davis that, um, and he comes from a, a zone scheme in, at Ohio state. I, it's a little more inside zone than, than outside, but still 
um, some he does some pulling and some movement, so uh, you know he can do it. Uh, and and Dave even pointed out uh, he was really good in 2019, um, went, battled some injuries in 2020 and didn't play as well um, last year. So that could have, and I think he had offseason knee surgery. I think it was um, like in January or something like that. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure on that one, but um, so there's there's a few reasons he slipped. But at one point he was definitely uh, projected, uh, you know, round one round one player, and that doesn't in October and things that doesn't say a lot, but at least it tells you that, um, you know, the people that are doing some scouting and things, they had some, uh, they really liked what his 2019 tape was and they really liked what his future looked like at the time. So, so for me, I think I, I, it's hard to call things a steal, but I think, you know, for the type of player he is with the program he came from and um, where you were able to get him, I, I'm very much on board. I don't think there was a, a better interior offensive lineman at that spot that they could have gone after. Um, so I think, you know, he, he plugs a hole and he gives you a little bit of that stability. Uh, he should be able to come in day one as a right guard. Uh, and then back to Christian Dare. So I'm, I'm still going to temper expectations on any rookie, at playing at a premium position, like left tackle. Um, I, I, like I said before, I think it'd be hard to put Riley reef expectations on him as a rookie, but there might be a little bit more of that consistency in, in, uh, in pass pro. You might not see some of the the same movement or uh, ability in the run game as a rookie, but maybe you know maybe there's a bit more st- stability in the in pass pro because that's one thing Darisaw was really good at in college was was in pass pro, and that's something the Vikings should have been coveting anyway. So um, hopefully, at least you know you can give up a little bit in the run game, in my opinion, to make up for it in uh, in pass pro. And I think maybe Darisaw might 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 even have an edge over Reef in that in that case. So um, I'm excited. Yes, I've had I, Wyatt Davis. Yeah. Wyatt Davis is oh, really you good. Know, I'm not you to know, say Wyatt Davis you know, we got the Buckeye. <laughs> I'm actually excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he can do. I'm hoping they oh, just bugs. pencil him in at right. I'm hoping they pencil him in at right guard. And and I know Rick Spielman talked about, oh, uh, Rick Dennison thinks they can play, you know, either side and all that. There's a difference. And so just like shuffling these guys just to shuffle them doesn't make sense. It would probably make more sense for Ezra Cleveland to go back to left to the left side it's probably where he's more comfortable anyways. Why Davis has always played right guard. So why not just keep him at right guard? That'd be I'm, probably yeah. what they should do. I'm just really nervous about the shuffle. I, I think one thing Wyatt Davis in the third round instead of the first round does is it puts the guy on a different timeline. And, and this mm-hmm. is really post draft. We have to talk about just the coaching aspect of this and not just, you know, look at these prospects like finished, like finished deals, like the coaches have to step in. And one of the, one of the weirdest things with another third round Ohio state offensive lineman that Ted Glover does not want to talk about uh, Pat Elfline is, is like, honestly, you know, the coach who drafted it, Tony, Tony Sperano, rest in peace they never knew what to do with Pat Elfline from a coaching perspective in 2019 or 2020. And so I just think it's, you got to look at Rick Dennison and say, you, you have to know how to properly develop Ezra Cleveland, whether that means move him or keep him where he is at guard. You have to look at Wyatt Davis and decide, you know what, if he doesn't look ready 
week one, then fine. He's a third round pick. Do whatever is best to coach that guy into a capable starter for the Minnesota Vikings. And the same is honestly true about Christian Derrissaw because they have Rashad Hill there. So we have to see the coaches do a better job of developing these offensive linemen as well. Right. We I think got that's a lot right. of uh, a lot of positivity here. <laughs> a lot of positivity. But hold on. I just wanted before we, we, we continue with, with, with the love fest, there was just one thing that uh that Ned Miles had brought up. Just one one thing, his one gripe with this whole thing, and you both kind of glossed over it. Flip flip kind of mentioned it a little bit, but Miles during the draft, after the draft, mm. actually before the draft too, you did like to talk about like the Vikings always going out. Drafting linebackers we probably never heard of, running backs we probably never heard of, probably earlier than we should have. I guess take me back to that part of the draft. Talk to me about how you feel about, you know, yeah, those picks. Really fast running back <sighs> uh, and, and a dude named Chaz. And uh, why, why we picked them where we picked them and how you feel about – I know overall we're good, but like with the process that brought us those players. <laughs> so here's here's my thing. People will defend anything the Vikings do to their their dying breath. It's it's what will happen, and that's fine. Um, but the linebacker running back scenario is always been something that troubled me because the Vikings love to treat those positions and and make sure the depth is short up there more than any other position on the team, <laughs> and. Those are probably two of, especially running back, some of the easier positions to find, to find players, at least depth or quality depth players. I'm not saying Chad Surratt can't turn into something down the road, but um, the Vikings very much love to to prioritize those two positions. And I understand that um, running backs and linebackers also play special teams. And so I understand how valuable special teams is. And this team very much wanted to improve on, in special teams, but um Again, folks will be like, oh, they're just depth guys. They're guys that'll that'll provide really good depth for this team. Well, when do you see Kenny Nuangu playing on offense? They don't they don't barely play Alexander Madison on offense. So now they're gonna also all of a sudden play this fourth round rookie that they they drafted to play on offense over him. Like if there's a plan for Kenny Nuangu based off of his traits, I could get on board. If the idea is just to make him your Cordell Patterson kick returner and only special teams player. You didn't have to take him in the fourth round to do that. Like, if your only plan for a guy like that is to be a special teams contributor, then what are you doing? Um, that's where I that's where my gripes are with like not taking a wide receiver. At least a wide receiver, you can find a way to get a, to put them on the field. There's there's multiple. They could be a special teams contributor too, um, and then you all also help try to fortify your your depth. And that Amir Smith Marset was probably a lucky pick for the Vikings because I think where they were able to get him was probably lucky. I think he's a good player. I think there's a chance for him to, to be a, a, a contributor um, for this offense because of where their depth is at and, and what he was able to do at Iowa. Um, I actually really, actually, I was, I'm a, I'm a fan of his, I think um, for where they're able to get him. I'm, I'm impressed, but it's still the process that bothers me the most. It's like linebacker and running back. We have to have like, we have to go five, six deep at those positions, even though they'll never see the field but we need to make sure that we're fortified there. And it's just something that I've just never understood when there's positions that you could go find cheap, either veterans or undrafted free agents or, or what have you, you can find those things, but like a premium position, like a wide receiver, or even uh, you could double down and grab a corner 
find other valuable positions that you can find that will help improve depth. I just really think they don't do enough focus on in the draft. They're just willing to wait at other positions. But if I think it was mentioned, if Adam Thielen got hurt, let's say for uh, six plus weeks, what are you going to do there? And I don't think you're going to have the same kind of success you had in 2019 when Stefan Diggs was the only primary receiver. And uh, when Adam Thielen was hurt, because you're going to play better teams. They're going to be more focused on your, on your, on your weapons. You don't have, a Kyle Rudolph, and I'm not trying to like prop Kyle Rudolph up, but the Vikings literally have gone into the offseason and have they have less weapons than they had last year. And I'm not saying that Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin can't improve over what Kyle Rudolph was, but they still have one less weapon than they had before, and they've done nothing to improve in, the, in that area at all. So, um, so for me, I just have a hard time letting positions like wide receiver, defensive back, those things go for off-ball linebackers and running backs that you're probably not going to, that aren't going to see the field for a while. All right, Nick flip. Anyone want to defend those selections? I won't defend them. And, you know, I think going into the draft running back was probably the one position you circled and said, this is the last thing they need to address because one, but you knew they were going to do it. (laughs) But you knew they do it anyway. Uh, I mean, they found guys. I mean, Mike Boone was an undrafted free agent, and they found other guys um, blanking on their names right now. But they find they find talented backs in in free agency. So they really didn't need to go out and find. You know, you didn't circle the roster and be like, "Oh, no, man, we really need an Eric Wilson replacement and a Mike Boone replacement." Like, come on, that's not where the needs of the roster are at right now. Um, I mean, it's not worth getting too worked up about because you know these are what third round, fourth round picks, but. Um, and they clearly, I think they clearly have a vision for Kane Nwangu just based on like, I don't know. Um, they drafted him much higher than his stock. And I think they might see him as like a return weapon slash offensive weapon. Um, and not just like a backup, backup running back. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, he's an interesting character guys with his, I mean, he ran a four two nine forty at Iowa state and has like off the charts athleticism on, on his explosiveness, on his agility. And he's like, he did, he did it at like 210 pounds or something, which is nuts. And he also was like a four Oh student, <laughs> like graduated with a degree in like en- mechanical engineering. So, I mean, I, I get why you fall in love with a prospect like that because man, it's like, if, if that's, if a guy with that kind of character, that kind of background and that kind of want to be a good player and also that kind of athleticism, it's easy to buy into that. Um, <laughs> yeah, Joseph yeah, is correct. Yeah. Our best draft choice is if Aaron Rodgers leaves the NFC North. That that is correct. All 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 these comments are hinted spot on, and I am turned up about this because, especially the Surratt pick, like everybody's saying, oh, they need an Eric Wilson replacement with a bunk ass reading reason, but they signed Nick Vigil in free agency, so they already had Nick Vigil. They already drafted Die last year. Here's the list of receivers that were on the board when the Surratt pick happened. You had Diami Brown available. You had Amari Rodgers available. You had Nico Collins, Anthony Schwartz. You had Amon Ross St. Brown. You had, uh, I mean, just keep, you had Jalen Darden. You had Tylen Wallace all on the board. And the Vikings made multiple picks. Get Smith-Marset anyways in the fifth round. Get two of those guys. It's something I've been saying. And they were there. They were in the position. They waited until the third round. They had I the told you to do it. I tried, and they still, I tried to tell you. they still didn't do it. They still didn't do it. So 
It's just, it's at the point where they don't care. They basically go to all their position coaches and they say, look, you get one draft pick this draft and Mike Zimmer gets four of them. And so Keenan McCardle waited his turn. He took Smith Marset, you know, and, and all the defensive guys are, are going to all fight for linebacker five, I guess, on the roster. <laughs> So, so DB Westbrook now, Flip, or are are you in the camp of bringing in some veteran depth, some names that we've heard of, some people that have maybe done some things in the league to try to at least add some more competition to this wide receiver depth chart? Because, I mean, it's looking kind of bleak after the two starters at that position. And I know before the draft, you wanted them to go heavy in the draft. But now that we're on the other side of the draft and that, that didn't happen, are you looking for them to bring in some veterans on the low and just try to increase the competition in, in the, uh, the wide receiver room, if nothing else. It's, it's not going to move the needle for me. No, look, we're at, it's the exact same position as we were last year where they added Tajay Sharp late. They added Yannick Ngakwe late and we're back wait, here. Wait. We're back it's here. This, it's, it's not the same. It was probably worse last year because you didn't know what you had in Justin Jefferson. Okay. Going into the draft, but at least okay. at least you have the established but the you know what you have in the depth situation with BB and BC. Yeah. And they're not good enough. I'm it's not that those guys can't help you like as five and six receivers on your team, but the gap between one uh one and two and Jefferson and Thielen to wide receiver three is is you know, it's it's ginormous. It's too it's too big of a gap. I, I agree, where, but a, a vet FA is not going to automatically be better because what we vet, see here a, with the a vet, vet, a vet free agent at least gives you a, a baseline of something that you might no, be able to no. get that you can you you. It's I a baseline. They it's also competition. They just, they make just more competition for the guys that are that they have. That's that's how I look at it too. Okay, so spend two million bucks to to drop to push bc johnson and chad bb to compete more i'm not for that look it off they can the, bring the roster, in sure. they they can bring in a vet and they can pay for that and they can not coach them the way that yannick and and tajay sharp just the coaches were not invested to to drive any type of actual production from those free agents so sure go out and get them but just i don't expect anything from them on Sundays, I don't want Keenan McCardell to go out and sign and pay for a guy that he already developed. I want him to develop the next D.D. Westbrook. I want him to develop the next D.J. Chark because that's but what a good wide receivers coach should do. But what's stopping him from doing that if they still were to sign a vet free agent? That's what I mean. Well, if he's like, going to do that, that sounds- then there's no reason to spend the money. What, what do you mean? They don't have to play to, to develop. Like year one. Tall task, no? To expect yeah, your, not your year mid one to late round BB. wide receiver to it's come in and be It's not year one for Chad BB or, or no, those guys aren't uh, good BC enough. Johnson. You're, you're, BB so you're and BC me. don't really have. They're they're not athletic dudes. Like BB is like a twig. He's a slot only, and he's what five nine or something. And he he. We haven't I'm seen not this in the saying NFL that yet, they're but. good players. I'm saying it's up to the coaches to try, to turn them and put them on the field in positions that they can help the team win. And if your only strategy as a team is to find names and and pay for every spot, pay pay premiums for every spot, then you're not you're not you don't have a coaching staff that can actually do anything. It's not just Premium. about roster 
on paper. You've got to coach these guys. You've got to put them in schemes where Chad Beebe can help but, you. You've got to. Maybe Beebe's split, just right? not good enough. You, you, maybe he's just not good enough. This is well. I and don't this is think like he the is good Patterson enough. But by too, not like, drafting in the fifth round, the coaches are saying he is good enough and he can contribute. It's both, though. You got to uh, give the coaches uh, talent I to work. Like they can't, you can't just give just them a little bit. Split. The coaches have told us that they have the talent they need. But they but don't. You just that's why they're Mike looking Zimmer at that's why, everything he needs. that's why they're calling up. That's why they're calling up Keenan Cole right now because they don't have the talent. You know, they waited to draft Smith Marset, and he's as a rookie, he's probably going to be their wide receiver five or something. Uh, he's a special teamer right now, and Chad Beebe's like, okay, fine, he can get open underneath, but he's never going to be, uh, you know, a bona fide play five hundred snaps a year. He's like a specialized third down when you know you're getting man coverage he can get open and that's good and that's valuable he's not just a guy but it's a limited skill set and bc johnson is kind of just a guy he's never i don't think i don't think he has this this the, the toolkit to be anything more than like you know just like a spot rotational guy so i, I feel like that's, they they can get better and if they can and especially right now when it's going to be really cheap they should if they can if they can go out and sign a a, a Golden Tate or whoever, or an Alshon Jeffrey, and if, or whoever and if else that guy is left. Work out, if, if they if they, they bring in the a vet free agent, that vet free agent's not going to be a 500 yard third receiver here either. He's going to be like a 20 catch, 250 yard guy, which is exactly what Chad Beebe and BC Johnson is. So like this this desire to but you're you're only looking at from higher the- production just because it's a name, just because they produce in the past, that's not what happens in these expired free agents who are still on the market. That's why they're still on the market. Flip, you're only looking at it from like what that, what that stats number looks like, but sometimes those stats can also have more drive more impact. So when you know a Chad Beebe's on the field as your third wide receiver, are you afraid of Chad Beebe doing anything to you beyond five yards? No. If you were to at least sign somebody that can win downfield a little bit, there's at least more of an opportunity to, to threaten the 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 defense down the field that Chad I, Beebe or B, or BC Johnson doesn't do, and they might not always catch the ball, but they help. They can help open things up a little bit more for an Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson because if there's more, if there's you have to account more for a guy that could win down the field a little bit better, then you have to account for that in your defense. When Chad Beebe's on the field, that's one thing you don't have to account for. Miles, by week two, the vet FA, just like Tajay Sharp, by week two, defenses are going to see this guy on tape and be like, wow, that guy can't win downfield anymore. And they're not going to be afraid of him. That's what I'm trying to say, is the projection, your attachment to the name is not what you're actually getting when you sign these guys post-draft. So every but Vikings we know we're getting with Chad Beebe and from PC here Johnson. until kingdom come will now be Tajay Sharp. Pretty much. Yes. Aldrich Robinson... Uh, Aldrick Robinson I mean, had hey, a role. He was good. <laughs> Aldrick Robinson yeah. had like 15 catches and 170 yeah, like yards. Seven touchdowns. And like five touchdowns. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> five touchdowns. Fine. Bring, bring, bring. If Chad Beebe scores five touchdowns this year, then we're happy. That's what we're saying. Come on, guys. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> if Chad, didn't, he have him, didn't he have four last year? If Chad Beebe could have that kind of impact for this for this offense, sure, we could have that conversation. Do Chad I think Chad Beebe could have that? Chad Beebe's 2020 was higher, was more productive than Aldrich Robinson's 2018. You guys realize that? Put the stats up, Flip. Put them up. I don't. I, I'd have to go look at them. 30, 
I mean, both teams, both, both teams sucked, I guess. So what are the stats flip? <laughs> Drop the mic with the stats flip. Chad Beebe, 2020. Robinson had more yards okay, and more touchdowns, ahead. but it's close. <laughs> of course he had more Let yards. The show. It's, it's closer the than you show. wanted it to be. They were, they were pretty it's, much exactly. What's the yards per reception? You have a point. Yards per reception. Targeted, last year targeted 30 times, 20 catches for 201 yards, two touchdowns. Aldrich Robinson, 2018, was five touchdowns on – Five touchdowns on 35 targets, but only 17 catches. So three fewer catches, but more yards, 231 yards. So you already he also, he also, more. He also came in midseason. And he, he had <laughs> a downfield element that kind of changed how you play him. Jad Beebe, you always knew, was just like a one-on-one. You know, Five like yards. a discount Cole Beasley. And Chad Beebe was part of a better offense. But both teams suck. Yeah. You can pay a Chad Beebe Or you can develop the Chad Beebe You already have That's all I'm saying I don't, I don't actually better. hate Chad Beebe Wide receiver 3 Old OBC Johnson spot rotational guy My problem is what if Justin Jefferson Gets hurt and misses 6 games Then Chad Beebe isn't wide receiver 3 Then Chad Beebe is I'm going to start this game <laughs> I don't think he can do that So I I'm fine well, with going out and, like Miles says, yeah. bringing in a guy who gives you a floor. And, you know, if it's D.D. Westbrook or whoever, I have a lot more confidence in D.D. Westbrook running a full route tree than expecting Ola B.C. Johnson to step in and do it at a level that would, you know, in some way replicate what Justin Jefferson was giving you before he theoretically got hurt. That's what I'm concerned about. It's like, what happens if some guy gets hurt? Because right now, throughout the whole Vikings roster, really, starters look had, great. If but if the depth has to Westbrook come in. And Justin Jefferson gets hurt, we're still screwed. That's, I mean, we're we're screwed if that happens. They put themselves in the situation. A free agent wide receiver does not get them out of this bad situation that they're already in, and you're two million dollars worse off down the line. Same thing with Yannick Ngakwe last year. They're like, crap, we need a defensive end. Let's go get one. They thought it would fix things. It didn't fix shit, and they lost a second round pick. So don't make these investments unless you have a plan for them. And unless you actually think this guy's going to contribute in a way that these late free agents just don't. I mean, but Westbrook is good. I feel like you're just like, oh, man, you guys are just attached to this. Like, he's not like, okay, like Golden Tate, fine. He probably, I mean, I thought he was okay with the Giants last year, but fine. There's probably more name value there. But like, D.D. Westbrook's a solid player. And I feel like he would be a substantial upgrade over like Ola B.C. Johnson coming in. The only reason he's still on the market is because he tore his ACL. So like... But he should become if he's healthy and the medicals check out perfect. Bring him in. I definitely think he'd be an upgrade over BC Johnson. He's still young too, so I don't. And Chad Beebe, like and Chad Beebe. If he sucks and, and he doesn't make the Chad roster, Beebe. fine. <laughs> I'll take I'll take the cap rollover for next year. Okay, but, and it's, like, I do I do agree where you guys are coming from. I just don't think we're going to see anything worthwhile from it. We're going to get a warm fuzzy feeling in May, and then come September. It's going to be you like so wait, burned. Who, you are so burned over Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp. I'm also, I'm also not, I'm Robinson. Jake, Jake also mentioned like I'm not I'm not asking like this this depth receiver to be a savior. I'm just asking this depth receiver to not be like terrible. BC Johnson. <laughs> yeah, just like Chad we're not Beebe. asking Chad Beebe like, to be terrible. 
Uh, but I'm asking right. for better than Chad Beebe. That's all. Or someone that could Jason's step into a enough. wide receiver two role. That's all I've I'm had saying. enough. Flip, no way to get you're, you're fired up, so I want to keep you fired up here. Uh, Nick mentioned it earlier. We look decent on paper everywhere, but defensive end in terms of who's going to be starting the games for us here. And I know every time we say this, given that we have a defensive guru for our head coach, it gets you going just a little bit. What are your thoughts on the defensive end position? Do you feel like we have enough to just rotate and be good? Or do we need to go out and get some more guys for Mike Zimmer? Do we need to get a Ryan Kerrigan? Are there any vets that are out there right now that you think could be useful players for the Vikings? I mean, Mike Zimmer has made his hay on 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 apparently being able to, you know, redevelop veteran cornerbacks. We already gave him one of those. He um, being able to coach up defensive line men, what, no matter what drown they got drafted in, no matter where they came from, how much they're getting paid. He's got a top end defensive line and it's not made up of top end players. Um, he's gotten credit for, you know, average making, taking average safety play and putting all those parts together into a top 10 defense. If you look at the Vikings defense right now, they've addressed every position on the defensive side of the ball, except for, except for the defensive end across from Daniil Hunter. Mike Zimmer needs a perfect defense in order to put good defense on the field. Is that what I'm hearing now? Because that's definitely different than what he was given before. That's definitely different than what I expect from a defensive guru. And that's definitely different from a top defense, the top defenses in the league right now. Defenses like the Rams, where the Rams defense is basically Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and a bunch of guys you can barely name. Coached up, retreads go onto the field, they go next to Aaron Donald, they go next to Jalen Ramsey, and they make the scheme work. The Vikings defense right now, if they can't produce a top 15 defense with Anthony Barr back, Eric Kendricks back, Daniil Hunter back, Michael Pierce back, Dalvin Tomlinson, Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods, Cameron Dantzler in year two, Jeff Gladney in year two, and Patrick Peterson, then Mike Zimmer can get out of town. I don't have time for this. We need another defensive end. You got your draft pick, DJ Wanham. You got two more defensive ends in this draft. You got your boy, Stephen Weatherly, back from the Panthers. Coach him up, Ooh. Mike Zimmer. <laughs> Woo. Woo. My goodness, Flip. Bringing the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, I agree, though. Like, the, the, the roster is talented. And, but here's the thing. Like, last year, the Vikings had an above-average third-down defense despite the fact that guys I even I couldn't tell you were starting at linebacker Cordea Tankersley guys they signed off the street like not I'm not even talking about like the 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 Chris Boyds of the world like Todd Johnson you know the, like their 10th linebacker starting at week 16 guys you know Dylan Mabin who the hell is he like people I'm having to google being like who the hell is number 43 and why is he covering Devonte Adams right now like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like yeah, good good defense good defensive coaches should be able to coach guys up, but if you're citing street free, free agents, like it talent matters more than coaching. So like I'm willing to give Zimmer a mulligan, one mulligan just one time last year because 
he was starting like replacement level dudes below replacement level dudes all over the roster. And like, nobody would ever say Saban is a bad coach just because he relies on Bama defensive talent, like the best recruiting guys in the NFL in the, in college football. So like the same way, like you, you just need guys who can play if you're going to be able to have a good defense. Like that's just how football works. Like, you know, talent matters more than scheme. If you have the right guys, scheme kind of doesn't matter as much, but this year, I agree. You know, like everything on paper looks pretty good. Daniil Hunter's back. They've got Pierce and Dalvin Thompson, which is like worlds better than Shamar Stefan and, and uh, Jaleel Johnson last year. Like they got Barr coming back. They got Kendricks coming back. Barr only played one game and Kendricks, I think, missed a few at the end. They signed Patrick Peterson. Cameron Dantzler is no longer 150 pounds wet. Like they've got, they signed Mackenzie Alexander. <laughs> they signed Mackenzie Alexander, who's like a good starting nickelback. Um, there's like a lot of talent on this defense. And I feel like, you know, people are saying, oh, well, you know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't temp, I temper expectations. I, I no, I think like this defense should be good. This like on paper, I look at this defense and think like, especially if defense is a weak link system, like it's, it's, it's a matter of like, who's the weak spot on this roster. Cause we can go after them uh, as an offense. Like there isn't really a weak point on this roster. Like unless Daniel Hunter gets work, gets hurt. Like, I feel like this should be a top 10 defense because like, Who's going to be the weak chain on this defense? Like the Xavier Woods, like, okay, fine. You have like one average safety, but like, when does that ever stop Zimmer from all the other bad safeties he's played with? So between Sendejo, between Are we feeling good about corner now, Nick? I am. I I feel like Patrick Peterson, the Cardinals asked him to do so much last year, and he was not good following guys into the slot. He's not going to be a guy who can chase down guys, you know, give him, but if you give him the sideline, let him use his physicality. Um, he was the fifth least targeted cornerback in the NFL last year. And that's like playing cover one, shadowing DK Metcalf twice, shadowing Stefan Diggs. Like he's still a good player. He was just put in situations where like he was in a lot of trouble. Like, you know, he had to shadow Terry McLaurin in the slot. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Cardinals making him shadowed Stefan Diggs in the slot. Like this isn't Peterson. That's not his game anymore. So like Zimmer is not dumb. He's going to put Peterson in situations where he'll be good. Dantzler, you know, he, maybe he get banged up. I don't think he's a perfect prospect. I don't think he's going to be like an all-pro shutdown corner. But he's like good. He went, you know, he went toe-to-toe with some good receivers last year. Put on some good tape. Mackenzie Alexander, I think, gives you a baseline starting caliber nickel cornerback. So I feel good about the secondary, especially when you add in Harrison Smith, who, you know, maybe his age drops off. Maybe this is the year he's no longer like a Pro Bowl caliber safety. But like, I this is a good this is a good secondary and when secondary is all about not having a weak link I don't see a weak link in the secondary. Eric Eager is getting killed in the comments. Seth is, Seth is out. <laughs> <laughs> we need Eric to jump in. We'll, we'll get Seth Eric back screen. on. So, so we're being too optimistic so, here. So he and Nick can chop it up. <laughs> <laughs> What's the over under? I still need to hash out whether Andre Patterson's a fraud or not. We still need to hash that one out live. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll, we'll rang the bell. That, that's going to happen this off season. <laughs> what what is the over under on the Vikings? Nine eight and a half. Did I see eight and a half? No. I think it's eight and a half. Nine. That sounds. It right. feels low. Mm. Yeah. Does I mean, it? Mm. I I take the over. Yeah, I take low. the over. How, how? But so here's my thing. I I I would take the over too, but. How can we ever get upset? The Vikings were have been – I'm going to keep it within the Kirk Cousins parameter of the Vikings because that's what it's been the last three years. They've had one season where they've been above their over-under mark, right? And it was, wasn't by much. They won 10 games back in 2019. Probably could have won 11 if they played the starters. But either way, 10, 10 wins. 
they haven't been close to winning more than that. How do we expect like I guess eight and a half, sure, like the over nine is is over eight and a half, but like how much more over would you put it at is my question. Eight point seven. I feel like they're a good team. <laughs> I think no, they're I'm a good not team. disagreeing I with you, think- Nick. I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm with Seth. I think because... ten. I feel like this is a ten win team. I, I don't know. I, 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 I look at this roster. Is that good enough? How, is, is that good enough? Well, I don't want to say I'm like saying... thirteen because like you need a lot of you no. need a lot of lucky breaks to get that far. But thirteen, is ridiculous in itself. That's hard to do. But like in general, like ten wins is like a barely making the playoffs type of team. Is that like is that good enough? I guess that's what I'm just like sick of being like just good enough to get into the playoffs when we should be a team that's when you have an established coach an established quarterback, you have, you know, a good defense, you have a good run game, all the things, elite receivers, like all these things coming together, like fringe playoff teams should never be like a, okay. It should be, should be good enough for, for expectations in my opinion. It, well, look, it, it, the quarterback is Kirk Cousins, so you can just take a hand grenade and throw it at three of those games, and they're gone. <laughs> and then you go, t- you're going oh, ten and four, and you're over. Okay, so I need that soundbite somewhere because you got like a game like Atlanta. You're like, okay, we can be Atlanta. Kirk Cousins throws a pick on the he first play that. of the damn game. Oh, you got. You got oh, a man. game against Chicago. They've got to play <laughs> Caleb Haney or whoever, Chase Daniel, whoever the guy is. Kirk can't outduel Chase Daniel. So I think 10 and 4 is pretty good, y'all. <laughs> I don't know. We got we got the vein bulging out of Flip's neck today. Flip is fired up. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Did we have anything else we wanted to cover before we get out of here today? Have we covered all the things? There's been Kirk about- Slander. There's been Just give me Justin a- Jefferson. Give me a number. What percent chance do you think Aaron Rodgers is the starting quarterback for the Packers week one? Isn't? You said isn't? This- is. What What are the chances oh. he's back starting week one? Like 10%. <laughs> Woo. Uh, You're more optimistic gonna, than I am. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say 80%. He's starting. He's not going anywhere. I, I just I, say- I think Aaron Rodgers is the type of dude where he's like, I'm good. <laughs> I really do. I really think he would. Is, is that, is that hope though, Miles? Is that, is that hope as a Vikings fan? Or do you really think he's going to leave that money on the table and walk away and go host Jeopardy for the rest of his life? For one year, I, I could see Aaron Rodgers literally telling the Packers, good luck without me. Have we, do we, have we not seen the type of person Aaron Rodgers? Like I'm not even saying this in a negative way. Aaron Rodgers is one of the most petty athletes we've seen. I love the pettiness. It would not surprise me at all if he was like, y'all, good luck. Catch me next year. (laughs) Uh, It would surprise me just because, like, I don't know. I feel like they've got unfinished business. He's close with all his dudes there. And, like, he's getting paid good money. It's like he's got a good scheme. He's got a good wide receiver one. He's got a great pass protection. He's getting paid good money. And then they can move on after this year. I mean, Rodgers isn't coming back for that. He's not He's not coming back without a, either a, a high-ass new deal that will keep him in Green Bay for the rest of his time or he's getting traded. That's my opinion. I don't think he would come back for, like, a not-new contract, right? 
Well, let, let yeah. me put it this way. There is a 0% chance that he gets traded, in my opinion. Um, you can now, say zero? I can say zero. <laughs> if the Green Bay Packers Ooh. are not going to trade Aaron Rodgers, they have the deal in front of him. So this is about Rodgers' petty. If Does he sit out a year or does he play for Green Bay? And how petty does he want to get? How great would that be? <laughs> so is like Kirk going to leave and then Rodgers coming to Minneapolis? Is that how that's going to go? Are we just going to we'll swap like Kirk goes and then Rodgers comes in and kind of has one good season for us and then leaves to go that, somewhere else and steal money? That might be enough for me to actually go to a game in that trash ass Lambo field to watch Aaron <laughs> Rodgers in purple. <laughs> I'm not going to that crappy-ass Wisconsin town unless unless Aaron Rodgers is there to enact some vengeance. But the bleachers are heated, Flip. You can you can shovel your own seat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is it. We are a few minutes over time, and we've covered all the things. And uh, we are, like, three more minutes away from going completely off the rails. So uh, that's it. That's all, gentlemen. Thank you for coming on tonight, listeners, viewers. Thanks for chopping it up with us. Thanks for all the wonderful comments. Viewers, we will get Eric here at some point, so you can take out your vengeance on him live (laughs) while he and Nick chop it up, yelling at one another, respectfully, of course, about Andre Patterson and all other things uh, to do with the Vikings. And Eric not be they ruined his birthday, y'all. You got to understand. Like, they ruined his birthday as a child. He's never letting it go. Um, but that's it. That's the show. David, play the music. Let's go. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Go, everybody.